Hey podcast, welcome back. My name is Jasmine Wonders. I am one of your co-hosts along with RJ Rome. Before we jump straight into the episode, I want to take a second to say thank you for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment on social with your thoughts. And now, to the episode. How, how did you get into writing? I always wanted to write. I've been writing since I was a kid. But, you know, you're, you, you write and then you kind of just give it up because you think, well, it's so hard to get published. It's so hard, to, you know. And went to college, went to graduate school. And my writing kind of changed because when you're as a history major and, you know, when you're writing that type of you, you get it gets very it's very quantitative. I mean, it's very it's very direct, and I still kind of write that way where I, I don't my description lacks because mm-hmm. I just want to get right to the point. Mm-hmm. So I did that. You know, I was I taught for a while, then I did sales for a long time, and but it was always in me. I would always write at night, and I mean, you know, when you're when you have it in you for some reason, I just. I thought everybody wants to write, you know, because you, you have it in you for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody secretly is, you know, hiding this passion to write. <laughs> and uh, every night I'm right, I'll just erase it or I'll delete it. And, and then one day I, I got into these. It's a, it's so it's such a weird story because I got into these, just these romance. I hadn't read romance in such a long time, and I was just skimming the different types of romance, a lot of historical romance, and um. I just happened to come across somebody's book, you know, self-publishing, and, you know, she had made some money. It wasn't, that wasn't even my priority, but just the fact that she had published. So I just told my husband, like, I think I'm going to try this out. And he was like, yeah, sure, like, if you want to. And, and um, I started in March of 2018. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was just writing short stories at first because I thought, well, I can finish a short story. Right. You know, that's like, right. one of the hardest things is, you know, you, you finish it and you don't know it's going to sell and all that. So I started, you know, just putting out all these short stories one after, one after the other. And I figured women are so loyal about, especially romance readers, they're so loyal. You put stuff out and they'll just go, if you like one series, they'll just go through your whole catalog. So I, that's what I would do. So I just, that's the only research that I had. Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing that. I did that. Well, I these short stories so I can have, you know, I can put out a bunch of them. Right. And they were usually under 10,000 words, just these, these short stories. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they started selling. So I was like, oh, okay, like, I can, like, I can maybe do this. And, and now I'm doing more towards novellas. I still can't get into a novel. Like, I still haven't. I said last year, 2019 was my year to write a novel, and I never did it. <laughs> I just wrote a bunch of novellas, but... I don't know. I think that's what it's in you. I think you're just not happy until you get it out. Right, right. And I certainly wasn't. So I'm the opposite. I actually, I have trouble. I'm long-winded. So I have trouble doing the novellas. And I I know you're you're always releasing something. I think you do like a book a month, right? I do about three novellas a month. Okay. So how how does that process work? Like, how do you, how do the ideas come so quickly? Um, so it's contemporary, so it's it's a little bit easier with contemporary. I do a lot of, 
I do a lot of older man yoga, which I have no idea why I like that. Like, it's just my preference. My husband's younger than me, so I'm not really sure why I have that preference, but I didn't do it. It just seems to come out that way. And it seems to always be the one that sells the the best. Every time I switch from that formula, it doesn't sell quite as well. So I just kind of stuck with it. But there's just all these different variations of of that. I've tried other stuff, like I've tried historicals and like backgrounds in historical in history, um, but contemporary just sells better, and um, it's just easier to write. History, there's all that, like, uh, trying to make it accurate and trying to make it, you know, all the research that goes behind it. Um, right. It just takes longer. But with ideas, I think, I don't know, they just kind of come, usually it's a lyric and a song or something that, you know, something that'll come to me, and once I which I didn't start doing right away, but I kind of was kind of doing like a series where introducing one character in a book and kind of hooking people to go into the next book. I, I love books like that. That's, I love when they just carry over. Yeah, and people would tell me that all the time, and I was just always afraid that I would leave people hanging if I did that, like that I would want to move on to something else. Right. Um, so I... <laughs> So I just started doing that last year, and I'm I'm good at doing two, like just doing two. I think by the second one, I get bored and I want to move on. Right. But um, yeah. So um, but no, and everybody tells me that too, RJ, about being that it's harder for them to go short than it is for them to go long. But I just I don't know. I usually about by. By about sixteen thousand words, I'm like, okay, I'm like let's just wrap this up already. This is just good. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I don't like my characters. I just this is gotta end sometimes. So just get together already. It's usually music. I want to say it's probably music, like a like a song will come out. Uh, I like to have my my iTunes like on on shuffle, and I'll just hear a song, and that'll kind of just go from there. And it's just you know. rinse and repeat it's it's easier for you now as opposed to like the first time i wish it was if it well no it's so much easier when i first started i think <laughs> maybe everything was fresher or something or maybe there was more ideas right it'll be really really easy until all of a sudden until you get to like what you're having to like sexy time whatever and then it's like oh now <laughs> now you're gonna get really gonna be creative <laughs> um, it becomes almost a word <laughs> It, it does. It becomes a chore. It's like you know, because you, you have that in your mind, like oh god, I gotta get, gotta get the ladies what they want. Like you gotta, right. you gotta make it nice, and you gotta make it, you know, 
kind of over the top, but something, you know, and, and to be perfectly honest, I never know if something's going to be well-received or not. Sometimes I'll get these, where I put so much heart into it, and I'm trying, you know, I have to mind the characters, and, just, and then uh, I get lukewarm reviews, I mean, good reviews, but, like, people, and then I'll have one where, I mean, I just, I hit the publish button and I'm like, God, oh, this thing is just so terrible. And it's just, this is just what I've been, I've worked on it so long. I've got to, I've got to get it off my, you know, mm. got to get it off my back or yep. And then people will like it. I mean, they'll just really love it. Just, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Like, I, I didn't, you know, I hated it the whole time I was reading it. Yeah, it, it kind of becomes a trap. But, it, but most of them, I love the process until you get to that. And I think it's just because you want to make sure that, you don't sound too repetitious mm-hmm. when it comes to those, you know, because I notice, I think people read so much more than me too. I don't have the time to read as much as I would like. Um, <laughs> and I read quite a bit, but not as much as I would like. I think well, I have I the same problem. <laughs> Every time I publish and I publish two to three times, two to three times a month, I think like, oh, I'm going to get to read now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I, and then I start another one. So do you do you self edit your your books or no, are I, you hire? I don't. No, I, I have an editor. I've had a couple of different editors lately with this because everybody's just kind of slammed and it's, and it's kind of hard. My husband actually is a professional editor. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so he he will edit, and he is actually much better than other people that I've had. You know, we're and talk about. Uh, I have to be, because, you know, when you, and I, I edit as I go while I'm writing, mm-hmm. um, on my part, before I get to the editor. And then uh, when I know it's going to go to him, I'm just very, very careful about editing everything to where it's as clean as possible by the time it gets on his hands, because hands, he's, a, he's a pretty good editor. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want that stress of him, like, correcting my, <laughs> coming back with this, all of these marks and, like, getting into a fight with him. Right. And so, but he's, he's really good, um, self-publish? I do self-publish. And I happened there in the beginning. I self-published to Amazon and then 
also through Apple, through um, I was doing Google Play before, but Barnes and Noble. And I have never, I don't know, um, I've never tried to get an agent. I've never, people have asked me if I, you know, I should put next stuff to try to get an agent, but I don't know. Do you have an agent, RG? I do not. I tried to do the traditional public publishing route, and I just felt like it it was too constricting. And I don't like, like, I want to write what I want to write, and I don't want somebody to change the whole story. So I decided to self-publish, um, what was it, Jasmine, 2018? 2019, right? Yeah, I think we talked about it. Jasmine, Jasmine's the biggest reason why I'm even writing. I just didn't think I could even do it. So, and then throw in self-publishing, it's like a very scary word sometimes. You know, I hear that so many times from different people saying that they tried the traditional way mm-hmm. and that they ended up finding so much more success and so much more happiness to just doing it on their own. So that's why I think I just never even bothered with an agent. I'm not sure. I, I know a few people who do have agents and are going the traditional route, all three of them have been doing this for years and have yet to publish. Wow. Um, mm. And that would drive me crazy. <laughs> I agree. And that would drive me crazy because then I, I have no validation. I can't imagine, and, and I have so much respect for people who do this, but I just couldn't. I cannot imagine working on a novel for two years. No, um, no just, to sub, just to submit it, and the only people that buy it are your family. You know, it's like, okay, like that, that would... That would break my heart, and mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't write again after that because right. I, I just put two years of my life into this, and it's and I know and I know people like that that are still waiting. They have their agent, they're you know going to submit and going back and forth and change this. I'm just like, oh, I want people tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, I just I couldn't deal with the querying process. It was nerve wracking to wait and hear back, and it just I decided that it wasn't for me, so. Yeah, my, my debut novel, I did self-publish. Not as many as you, but <laughs> I'm still working on it. Yeah, but you're the, but you're the novel, too. Part of a novel. I mean, I have so much respect for people that... There's people that put out novels, like, once a month. It's like, how on earth do you do I don't know. <laughs> That's another problem. How are you doing it? Like, just writing, writing, like, some machine. I mean, mine are typically 60, about 17 to 19,000 words max so it's a, you know so it's kind of easier you're getting it down i can write in about 10 10 days to 14 days mm-hmm. and then set it off to get edited it and then start another one in the meantime mm-hmm. but, awesome you know and then i find out right away whether it's even going to sound so well and then i oh well, we only spent two weeks right <laughs> <laughs> it's okay <laughs> and you're enjoying it you're having fun I, yeah right? I, I am I'm enjoying it. I, I, you know, uh, I think that, you know, you, you, if you, when you wait a long time to do something that you really love, you, you appreciate, even the stuff that, you know, that kind of stinks, you still appreciate it. Even like the editing part or the, you know, the proofing part or whatever, stuff that you think, you know, kind of sucks the life out of your creativity. You still mm-hmm. appreciate it because you're at least doing it. And you're seeing the fruit of your labor too. You're seeing, you know, people coming back and saying that they like it. Oh, I really like the character. Oh, you know, he makes like, oh. it's like just a little right. walking a little bit lighter that day. Or, yeah. Um, 
just kind of exciting. I mean, it is exciting. Right. How do you deal with some of the negative feedback that you encounter? I don't get that much negative feedback. Okay. Um, I've gotten very little. I get weird negative feedback. Like, I think probably the, the first bad review I ever got was somebody who reprimanded me because they didn't appreciate that I did not have enough sex in it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was like a 20-page short story. It's like, okay. you know, I had one and a half, like, sex scenes settled down. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's one of those, genuinely, I took that seriously. It's like, oh, it's like um, this is Inferno, this is Romeo. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I've, I've had a couple of them. I think mine constructive criticism where it's like, oh, you know, like, it was kind of short or she, it's kind of sp- sped up. And it's like, yeah, I, I was, I, you know, right. I was speeding it up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's some that's weird. I, I had a, a Christmas, it was like my first Christmas novella this mm-hmm. past Christmas. And I, I got this one-star review from somebody who, it seemed like her review that she liked it. She didn't appreciate the fact that I had profanity in a Christmas um, novella. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. it was senior romance, and there was a lot of graphic description. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any problem with the sexual graphic <laughs> <laughs> The fact that I used the F word. Not that they were doing the F word, that they were that, that they that I used the F word. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of sacrilegious for a Christmas right. <laughs> You can't so, please and, everybody. Yeah, so th- th- those are the kinds of, like, when I get a bad review, it's usually that. Mm-hmm. Although I did get a bad review once that said, like, this is obviously a man, but he is a woman. <laughs> 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 that, oh, no. You know, and, and, <laughs> and I just thought that when I've read romance before, like, when I was like, oh, my God, this is a kind of, this is just, you know, <laughs> those kind of things that somebody accused me of that. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> first sale you made and what you were thinking then? 
I don't really think I need my first sale because I didn't check my sales. I didn't know uh-huh. how to check my sales on Amazon okay. when I first started. That's, that's how bad I was. I, I, I didn't find out until after I was already a month in. Okay. Um, then I went back and checked my sales. But I, I do remember that first month of making, you know, and it was just a few hundred dollars. But it was like, oh, my God, you know, I've I right. sold so many books, you know. And, right. So that was exciting. You're thinking like, okay, you know. Did, did you have to do any oh, marketing no. for that? No, I didn't. I wasn't even on social media. I didn't know any. I didn't. I didn't have any marketing. It was all just having like maybe eight short stories, okay. and just you know, I guess people liking them and then going through the whole catalog. Yeah. So, it was, so yeah, it was exciting. It was like, oh, you know, I, I can't. I can't believe I, at first I thought I only made eighteen dollars. I didn't know how to read it. <laughs> And then I found out that, no, I had made, I made it like 118 or something like that, like the first month. Right. I thought, I'm like, oh, oh, no, you know, like, you know, so many people bought my blocks, whatever, blocks, make sure it's yours. But that was enough to like, okay, well, I can do this, I can sell something, I can, let me write more. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought because you had so much decent instincts for me in sales for such a long time, but I, it's just, it's really hard. I, I still haven't figured out marketing very well at all. Um, I'm always asking other authors who do well. Right. And like, what are you doing to market? And they're like, I don't know. I'm just lucky. <laughs> or so, you know, I've, I've tried this and, you know, I've tried ads and it don't work. And if I try ads and it don't work, I take it off right away. Like, okay, I'm not going to spend all this money on these ads. So I wasn't on, I think I was writing for about 10 months before I was even on social media under my pen name. So I just didn't, like it took somebody to finally tell me, like, why don't you get on social media? You know, why don't you get on Instagram? Um, to promote your book. Right. Um, so I was just really slow to, but I, I mean, I was working full time also. Okay. So. Social media is in, intimidating. It really is. Especially Instagram. Cause if you post too much, if you post too little, um, I struggle with the, the Instagram and Facebook and all that. It is. It's like you you have to. Um, the ones that help a lot are, are you know the bookstagrammers. Yeah. That will go, Thank you know, God they're, for them. They're very helpful. Yeah, they're they're very good at promoting you and you know and you know they'll reach out and you know and I'm friends with a couple of them. I mean, genuinely, friendly with them and and. Um, um, there's, you know, one, I'm always bouncing ideas off of her, too, because she reads so much romance. But you kind of follow their example, too, because usually books around the book, sorry, books around have really, really, um, you know, a really big following. And so it's kind of good to follow their example, being that, you know, you put, you advertise your books, but then you put other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to remember to do that and put, you know, do other stuff, do personal stuff, whether it's, you know, your man crush Monday or whatever, something, you know, something personal right. so that it's right. not always just ads for your books. But it's kind of hard, I mean, you know, writing all that. For these books, do you make the covers and everything else yourself? I, sometimes I do because, only because I write so much, or I release so much, mm-hmm. that I've looked at, you know, some people will pay a few hundred dollars per cover. Mm-hmm. I would love to. <laughs> you know, I would love to pay nine hundred dollars for, you know, for an exclusive print. 
right. some hot tattoo guy that, you know, <laughs> I don't need that kind of money to be able to, <laughs> like, there's no way I could justify, you know, $900 for just the photo. Um, no way. Maybe one day. One day that's our goal, where one day we're going to get to use the exclusive photos. Um, I'll usually, either if, if I don't do it myself, I'll do a mock-up of it, then I'll send it to a, to a designer. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't charge me very much? Is I've already done most most of the work, right. and uh, you know, and I give him everything and just say like, boost it up for me, like make it look a little bit, you know, better than what I can do. Right, I'm terrible at Photoshop, and he will, and it's usually not very much money, and so you know that kind of helps, and so then it keeps the cost down. Right, and I, you know, when I've seen other people. Every once in a while, people have a lot of money for the covers, and sometimes it's, it's worth it, like, wow, it's so good. And sometimes it's like, okay, like, you know, I don't know if I would have paid $200 for that cover. <laughs> not when I have, you know. Right. Not when I, there's so much other, other stuff that I would have rather just spent that on. You know, um, it's contemporary, so it's a little bit easier. If I'm a dream paranormal or something, it's got to be, you know. Yeah, and it's more intricate, more detailed. Yeah, that's really that's really going to be doctored up, and you have you know somebody turning into you know then yeah I can't do that I'm just not that good. What's something that you encountered when first publishing but didn't expect to encounter? Is there uh-huh. some is there something you thought was maybe going to be easier and it turned out to be really hard? Or vice versa. Yeah, that too. I think there's a lot of trust 
people bouncing ideas off of each other without thinking this person is going to steal my idea. Right. You know, like it doesn't even cross your mind, but it's completely possible. And we're probably stealing each other's ideas all the time subconsciously, but <laughs> there's not that kind of like, this is mine. And, you know, and right. and I, not I, yeah, I've gotten this far, so now you have to suffer to get to work. You know, there's none of that. And it's great that we all celebrate each other's releases and share posts. Yeah. And it's a community. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, I think that, you know, if, like if somebody asks me to post something, I always post it for them. Um, and, it was, and everybody's pretty cooperative, too, trying to boost each other up a little bit or trying to... Yeah, trying to kind of cheer each other on when somebody has, you know, somebody has the orange flag on Amazon, you're the number one bestseller. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I want that too, but I'm, I'm so happy for you, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. With all the writing you're doing, how do you balance that and family life? <laughs> my husband would say I don't. <laughs> um, I, um, I try to be good about turning stuff off after a certain while because I'm probably writing from the time that I get up pretty much until dinner time and then after dinner time I'll keep on when I was working full time I was writing like at my lunch hour I was writing as soon as I got home and then I was writing till 2 o'clock in the morning every night mm-hmm. um, just because you just kind of like I'm doing it you know I've wanted to do this since I was a kid and now I'm doing it and I don't want to give it up mm-hmm. you know I don't want to fall behind um, so much of when you're used to publishing continuously, and I mean, the uh, slow month is if I have two releases, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's typical that I'll have three, but when you're used to publishing like that, your scales will go up and down according to when the next one comes out. Like all of a sudden, the next one comes out, and then all of your whole catalog goes up again. So you're, you always have that in the back of your mind that, like, oh crap, like if I don't publish again, my sales are going to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, right? If my sales go down too much, He's going to make me go back to work full time. <laughs> 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 you know, and so that's like, oh, like the stress. I don't have kids. It's just my husband and I. So um, he's pretty understanding. He knows what it means to me. And um, and he, he had that as a as a dream also. He wanted to write fiction at one point. Mm-hmm. He now says he doesn't think he could do it. He read, as he's read mine, he's like, like, I don't know if I could do this after all. Um, <laughs> well, no one expects you to write romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did. I've seen, like, husband and wife teams of romance teams. Mm-hmm. And I suggested it to him early, you know. But I think he didn't go for it. Yeah, he didn't go for it. I mean, you could read a lot of romance, you know, because, like, you're, you know, you've got to have that background at least. And, um, but after he read it, I think he read The Pastor. That was the first one that he ever read. And The Pastor starts off pretty provocative. And um, he's just like, no, nah, I don't think I could do what you do. Um, I'm like, well, <laughs> it's, it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I, I probably could do a better job of balancing it. I think it's just, I just, I just love writing and if I I'm always trying to get the next one out. Mm-hmm. Is it easier now? No, it's harder. You know, when I first started, I was. Is it easier now with 
Yes, with what's going on. With what's going on now. Well, it's harder. Yeah. It's harder because I mean, I think just I think anxiety causes depression, and if you're depressed, it's kind of hard to mm. to write about love and faction. Right. And right. so um, you can kind of push through it, but it's just harder. Your your brain kind of shuts down a little bit earlier, and it's just harder to concentrate. And even though I don't feel depressed, I know that you know the like the anxiety kind of just makes your your head spin. Um, so it's, it's harder with, with not having, you know, complete silence in the house while he's at work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually what I would write, just nonstop. Right. Um, and so, um, but and then it's also harder just with everything going on. I think just, you know, I try not to watch the news, but it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's like, who would have thought? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even turn it on anymore. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I was. I did a podcast a month ago. It was a month and a half ago, and this was we weren't we weren't in lockdown. We weren't on anything. It was just kind of just starting to rev up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even then, I I didn't anticipate us going into lockdown. Right. It's like something out of a, a book. Like I never would have expected this to happen here, but. We're making it through. Hopefully, it'll be over soon. Yeah. And how are you all doing over there? I mean, I New Jersey was kind of hit kind of hard. Yeah, we're kind of the epicenter of the us in New York. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I try not to go anywhere at all right now because I have two kids. So, we're just kind of hanging out. And I'm working from home because I do have a full-time job. And writing has kind of taken a back seat right now. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in trying to enjoy it. Because usually my life is so fast-paced, and I'm running here and running there and working, and it's just it's kind of an exchange of pace for me. Even though I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting much done. Are you homeschooling too? No. I am. <laughs> yes, I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my mother was a teacher. I when I and I taught for a little while too. Um, so yeah, so I. And I can teach little ones, that's how I go in it. But, well, my daughter's going to be nine, and she had a, a writing assignment, not last week, the week before. And I'm like, I'm a writer. This should be so easy. <laughs> and it, it's hard to teach someone to write. It, it really is, especially a, a nine-year-old, and teaching her to write in detail. And it, it was difficult. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that would be, I mean, I, I used to love it when I was a kid, I could do, like, creative writing contests in elementary school. I'm sure they were terrible. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you think your, you think your story so good. Uh, yeah, I have a few friends who are homeschooling, and they're just, like, in agony, just, I'm like, I don't know how the teacher does it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> could you talk a little bit about, like, the upcoming stories that you have coming out? Yeah, sure. Um, so, the book that I just passed, my, my, my own book that I just passed, um, has been, you know, received much better than I expected. Uh, it was a billionaire woman called Filthy Rich. Mm-hmm. And it was, and the reason why I had so much trouble with it was because I was finishing it off right when we went into lockdown, like right in the beginning when things were really crazy. Mm-hmm. And it kept starting out as something else. I was writing something completely different that I had already written like three-fourths of it. But it was a little bit darker and I'm not used to writing 
like a dark romance. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that most of what I write is romantic comedy. That's a little bit more, it's what I always call it humorous contemporary. Um, and so I couldn't finish it. I was like, it was, it was like two weeks and I was still trying to finish like the last two chapters, which is unlike me. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to abandon this and I'm going to take what I can get from this, turn into something else. Mm-hmm. And that became Filthy Rich, which is a little bit funny. Um, I took out like all the funny parts that were in this dark romance and put it into this. And it's about a billionaire who falls in love with his friends, with like his CFO, he's a video, so the CFO's um, daughter, mm-hmm. who is coming for an internship, but she, she leaves, she doesn't want anything to do with it. She wants to be, she wants to rent And so over the top that he's, that everybody just really liked him because he was just, that's what everybody told me, that he was just so over the top obsessed with this girl that they just really liked him. In that book, I introduced his father, um, who was a little bit unlike him. He was somebody he didn't want to be working there. He kind of, he was just there for show. He was a younger brother. I also introduced the girl's best friend, who was kind of there more like the slapstick, um, a comic relief. And by the end of the book, I wasn't even sure I was going to go there. By the end of the book, I said, you know what? I think I'd like to get these two people together. So those two people, his name is Jude, and her name is Bella, her friend. Okay. They're the subject of the next book, which is called Filthy Love. And that's more kind of a player. He's always been a player. He's and he's got his issues that kind of went in the backstory where um he just doesn't really believe in love. And uh she is kinda of determined because her best friend just got married and she's like on the path like she wants to get married too because they were supposed to do everything together. They were supposed to get married at the same time, they were supposed to have babies at the same time. And so she's been placated by her friend's fiancé saying, like, fine, I'll help you up with my brother. Like, it's probably not going to go anywhere. But, you know, she did him a solid. So he did. He, he, set up, he set up this thing where they would meet. She loves romance books. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, the first one, Filthy Rich, she's always telling him, you know, oh, this is, you're going to be the heroine and you're all billionaire romance. She's telling mm-hmm. her friend. That's all she reads. So she... Uh, She's got this whole plan that she's based on her reading billionaire romances of how she's going to catch this guy that's like this ungettable guy. And, you know, she's got this, she has no experience with men. She's just like a freshman in college. Okay. Um, but she, she goes through this whole thing and she's, it, it kind of keeps blowing up in her face and him because it's kind of, it's just two people kind of playing games with each other. That's going to come out next week. I'm editing like the last part right now so that my husband can get through okay. the non sexy parts, but I can edit the sexy parts. <laughs> um, well, sounds awesome. Sounds like something right up my alley. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I, I like it better than the first one. Of course, this always happens once I like other ones. But we'll see. And then I introduced two more characters in this one in case I want to bring it out into a third one. It's always good to have that option. Yeah, yeah. And, and I usually have people tell me right away, it's like, better, better write down jokes. Like, I'll do it when I get in. I'll, I'll, I'll do it eventually. I'm not trying to be writing the third one, but I'm just not sure how fast I'll be able to do it. Because we have a collection that RJ's a part of, and some other authors are a part of, that I'm um, helping to organize. Mm-hmm. And talk about nerve-wracking. 
that, how, how nerve-wracking is that for you? Is this the first time you've pretty much been the lead on, on something like that? Yeah, I've never done it before. In fact, I got kind of voluntold into doing this, which I never accept. Nobody tells me, nobody ever volunteers me to do anything. When I accepted it, all these people were supposed to, like, help me. I was just going to be one of the persons organizing it. And then everybody kind of just fell away, and they're like, like, no, you know, they, you were in charge, I'm not in charge. And then they didn't even get their summaries in on time. They didn't, you know, they didn't end up being even part of this thing. And so then that was before the pandemic. And now because of the pandemic, a lot of people, and I understand why it gets in the way. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and if they didn't have everything completed by this time, I can't imagine they're going to. So mm-hmm. that's how a lot of people fall off. So I think now right. what was supposed to be three separate collections is going to be one two-part like, <laughs> two two collection mm-hmm. that's just all just like a potpourri of romance. <laughs> and sometimes that might be good. I mean, give readers a little taste of everything. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> I agree. I think it was, you know, somebody just said that, um, I don't know, I don't know if it was you or was I, but they said just to kind of give people an introduction to the, the genre, the different kinds right. of genres and having, because I'm like, I know how to squeeze in romantic comedies into a contemporary collection. Like, that's easy, you know? Yeah. But how in the world am I going to squeeze in paranormal into a contemporary collection? Um, And so then, well, I'll just paint them romance collections and be done with it. So we may just go that route. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's supposed to be completed by Memorial Day weekend. And then I'm working on a paranormal one that I've never, I've never done paranormal before. Do you do paranormal, RJ? I've thought more and more about it recently. I don't know that I'm brave enough to actually try it, but um, I don't know. I, I, I've read paranormal. I, I just went, I don't know if I know how to start one. I what, what, like, what, what inspired you to start one? Um, I've had one on my brain for a while. Um, that I've been, like, kind of cooking up and just kind of like, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. And then I was reading up with another author. We were reading up on, like, okay, so what are, like, the, what are the hot niches for romance? You know, because there's so much competition with romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what are the hot niches for romance? Contemporary will always sell. Like, that always sells, but there's a lot of competition. There's so many, right. So... I was looking up, like, these, um, you know, these analytics, whatever, about romance and, you know, um, these reports that, you know, that you pay for. And, you know, and it says the number one searched key term for for romance is paranormal romance. Right. Uh, like, far and beyond everything else. Um, and so then, then there was, like, different niches within, there's a lot of paranormals that are, that have been overdone and they're saturated, like shifter stuff. Right. I don't really get into shifter stuff. Like, I, I just couldn't. Um, at least not me personally to write it. But um, shifter is not one of them. Shifter is, I think, one of the ones that's like heavily done. Uh, but there was other ones that were like psychics, angels, demons, mm-hmm. like those kinds of paranormal mm-hmm. um, that are like a hot niche. And so me and this other author were like talking about it and saying like, you know, maybe we should give it a try. And she, and she said, well, I've always thought about this or, you know, and so we started kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. And, and, um, 
actually, we're not, we're not doing it together, but we're probably going to release it around the same time to, like, home market something. This is doing kind of for the first time, too. Right. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but, again, I probably have to read more paranormal, because I'm with you, too, RG, like, we're, like, how do I stop this? Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I know the story, but, like, how do I, because the beginning is always the hardest one, like, how do I get up the ground? Like, how do I? So I'm still stuck there, like, how, when actually, you know, putting time to do it. Oh, so we'll see. But, um, that's supposed to start in, in, um, hopefully the first release will be in mid-June. That's exciting. All right, so I think we want to end it on a fun note. So you had told us that, um, you go to Paris every year. Tell us about that. I, I'm obsessed with Paris, and I took French in high school and college, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been? I have not. <laughs> I would love so to you go. You have to go. It, it's, not as, it's not as expensive as you would think it is. Um, you know, you, um, it always seems like, before I went, I always thought, like, oh, it's so over the top. Like, how do you go? Yeah. Especially where you, especially where you all are, like you can get flights out of Newark, make it very inexpensive. Um, I'm in Austin, Texas, so it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. But so my husband and I are big francophiles, and we were engaged. We got engaged in Paris. Um, oh, wow. We, uh, we we had um, I had never been. He had been once, and we um, we went in 2006. And we did like um, London, Paris, and then Rome, flying from each city because we weren't going to be there for very long. And uh, I just fell in love with Paris. And I always, you know, it was one of those like where I was wanting to go to Paris, and it just seemed so far fetched that I didn't think I'd ever go. And I was already in my early thirties when I went. And um, I just fell in love with the city. It's just beautiful. If you love art, art is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Buildings are art, mm-hmm. you know. Everything's just, um, it's just beautiful. Um, we got engaged on top of the Eiffel Tower and wow. it was a ruin. And I knew, but I knew he was going to do it. People always be like, oh, that's so romantic. But, and it, and it was. I could be wrong. I'm not pooping it. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not like he said, like, you know, pack a, you know, pack a bag. We're going to Paris. <laughs> right. <laughs> I planned this. I bought my ticket. I planned this. I knew he was going to propose, and I knew he was going to do it there, because he could do it on a street corner in Paris, and it was going to be more romantic than doing it <laughs> somewhere, you know, planning something here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we, I was so excited when we were at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I hardly noticed that he was proposing. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, but, but he did, and I, of course, I accepted it. Um, we we said we'd go back. We we said casually, like we'll come back for our you know for our fifth anniversary. No, we go back almost every year. Um, we usually will go to another part of Europe and then work in Paris somehow okay. um, to kind of finish it off because we always have a good time in Paris. Right. So if everything else stinks, we know that we'll have a good time in Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that sounds that sounds like a story. February. Yeah, we, we went in February, so he's complaining now that he wants to take a trip, and I'm like, he just came back to Paris in February, like, settle down. Um, well, it's a good thing you went already, because you might not be going this year, then. <laughs> no, my God, that's what I said. We never go in February. 
November is our time to go. We always spend Thanksgiving there. Mm. Um, and so I just by chance he changed it this year. It's like that's on that's on February for Valentine's Day, and you know, and um, so then okay, things were already kind of starting to unravel right when we got back. So it's kind of nice that we got you know I would yeah. say we got it out of the way, but then we got to enjoy it. Right. Right. Because I don't know when we can travel back to Europe again with everything. Mm-hmm. Do you do no writing while you're in Paris? Or do I do. I do. No, I write everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I can't I can't go another day or two without writing. It drives me crazy. But I had my computer and I went to a cafe to write for a while. Um, just so that I could say to you that, you know, that I was right in Paris. Um that I was writing this romance in Paris. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I know I'll, I'll, I always take my laptop wherever I go and kind of try to write somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you can write somewhere. But, um, but I'm sure you'll get to go when all this is over sometime soon, and you'll love it. I don't think I need a trip after this. <laughs> if you ever need any kind of Paris tips or anything, I have, like, a whole preview after I get all my friends on, like, what not to do, where to go, where to stay. Um, just because we always just have such a good time there. I would definitely take that in mind. And I don't mind. Mind. No. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have to push out pretty hard. They're very good. As long as you, as long as you, they, you know, as long as you say about your other, you know, ask them if they speak English, um, before you say anything else, then mm-hmm. I've, ne- I've never had a bad experience in Paris where people were rude to it. Italy, yes, but not mm-hmm. not in France. Um, so I think just if, if you know a little bit to get by, I'm sure you'll be fine. Okay, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's really nice to finally get to talk to you. And thank you, thank you both, and stay safe. Thank you. And you too. I'm sure that you you take too. more right. for days for this thing we're doing. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but good luck to you both, and, and take care of yourself. I appreciate your time. Thank you, you too. And good luck with all your upcoming releases. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You all have a very good evening. You too. You too. If you've made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next episode when we talk with indie author Nicole Rodriguez. Until then, thanks for listening.